has it did 34 million in sales last year without and pulled back on the sales team for the last quarter because we were focused on ops so you know, we've already booked that much revenue in the f and it's only it's just barely into march now and we've already booked the equivalent we've already matched last year booked for this 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 year so it's, it's it's just growing gangbusters and then i'll tell you the other last piece is adus which we haven't talked about are what we what the ceo calls our books for amazon right which is essentially a mini house welcome to innovation and leadership where i interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers elite special operations soldiers startup ceos who sold their companies for billions of dollars pro athletes hollywood filmmakers really as many different kinds of experts as i can the whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got my good friend, Josh Soloway. Josh, thanks for doing this. Of course, anytime. Pleasure to be back. So it's it's been a number of years since you've been on the show, actually, if you think about it. Uh, we're doing all those crowdfunding episodes. So I always think about Josh as an entrepreneur and a securities lawyer and an investment banker who's raised tens of millions of dollars. But but you're doing some interesting stuff these days. Tell us tell us what you're doing at Multitasker. Well, I just joined Multitasker, uh, which was a longtime client um, of mine when I, on the legal side. I just joined them as chief legal officer, which has been great. I just joined in December. The company has just been growing dramatically. And as we, as the CEO, Joe Frausto, and I've been talking over the years, I've had a lot of clients who say, well, one day it would be great if you could come and be our GC. Wouldn't that be awesome? And I just never found the right one, but this was clearly the right one. And it was clearly the right time. So made the jump and I've been thrilled. It's There's a lot of work to do, but it's super exciting. So for people not familiar, what what's the value proposition? What does Multitasker offer? Okay, so I'll just give you my, I'll just do the thing, right? Should I do the thing, the, 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 the elevator pitch thing? I'll just do it. So essentially what Multitasker has created is a fully immersive virtual reality platform for home construction and remodeling. So what does that mean? Essentially, if you were going to build a new house, as you recently did, or if you were going to remodel your house, put in a bathroom, whatever, essentially you would, we would create a fully immersive virtual reality model of that before you ever, before anyone ever put a nail in a post, before anyone ever poured an ounce of concrete, et cetera. It essentially allows you to walk through the site as it will look post-construction before you invest in construction or make those decisions. As a result, we find a reduction in change orders of about 44%, which is pretty dramatic. No kidding. Obviously, if you're standing in a space, you get a real feel for how big or small it is as, as, as one benefit. So I just want to I just want to confirm there. So like, you know, my house that we just built here a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. you're saying you would have built a 3D model and we put on like VR glasses to walk through our house? That's right. That's, right. That's really important distinction because... I talk to some people and they say, oh, yeah, 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 I had a three model, 3D model. My designer did that. I said, well, did you put on Oculus? Did you walk around? No, it was like a 3D model on my computer screen. Well, first of all, that's actually a 3D rendering in 2D, but we're not going to go there. But essentially, it's, uh, it is it, it is the big difference maker. So you, it's super cool. I mean, I've done it in our studio numerous times, obviously, brought in clients. And your brain cannot tell that you're not actually in the space. It's very hard to keep track of where you are. 
as a lawyer, it sort of worries me most that people are going to put on these headsets and walk into their coffee table, right, uh, <laughs> at home. So it's better when they come to our studio. But the the experience is really fully immersive. So when you are in that space, it looks exactly as if you it will look as if you finish the space. And as a result, you can make really interesting decisions and, and important decisions about design, layout, size, et cetera, before you actually invest in, in those decisions. So and that's huge, right? Change orders are not only a huge cost creep component, they're also just the great, a, a massive point of friction in the construction process, right? And, and fosters all of this mistrust between the contractor, even a fully, a well-intentioned contractor, Think about it. The, the contractor resents the customer because the customer doesn't trust him and he's just doing the best he can. But he, the customer just gave him like five different changes that, well, that wasn't in the scope. Of course, that's going to increase the cost. Well, the customer on the other side is, you know, is not in the construction industry and they just think they're getting taken for a ride. So the idea is what we see is greater, greater trust and confidence, less friction, lower cost and a smoother process. So really that, I describe that as, that's obviously super compelling unto itself. And, and being that I'm in the process of designing a new home, so I, I, I can see it now already. My wife is like ecstatic and clamoring for this. I describe that really as kind of what I would call just the beginning of the business, just to really the beginning of the client relationship to some extent. Because really what that enables us to do, the magic is in how we create the VR model. So we send someone out to the house, they, or some people out to the house, they shoot drone footage outside. This is like for a remodel, not new construction. Both. Okay. In fact, we're, we're doing a huge, which I'll get to later, development of about 10,000 homes in South San Diego County, where this master developer is selling off, you know, has Lennar homes, Shea homes, et cetera, developing communities within their master development. We're doing the map for the whole thing. And the idea is that we will be doing a similar offering for the whole area from homes to everything. And it makes perfect sense, right? Why would you want to go in and flip through pages of tile and paint paint samples and such and say, oh, I think this is what I want in this model 16 or whatever. You can walk through it and pick. And in our VR, you can change things on the fly. You can change paint colors, you can change flooring, you can change fixtures, which is like- I'm seeing the, like having been through that mistrusting between our our home builder and just- Which results in husband, wife mistrust, by the way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like that's gotta be like a third highest cause of divorce in America, trying to build a home. But you know, our consulting firm, I'm thinking about one of our CEO clients who runs a really high-end interior design agency, you know, builds, you know, does like really fancy multi-million dollar homes, whatever. And I have heard from the CEO just how frustrating it is on, on the design side, let alone the, you know, that bathroom is way too small. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after the bathroom's been built, right? Like yep. e- even from a design perspective, I know it's just incredibly frustrating, specifically with the feet with the kind of clients that they can't pick the tile if they don't know what color the cabinets are, you know, right. like, that, like they, they have anxiety and they ha- have a tough time choosing and then they want to rechoose and rechoose and rechoose and they're, they're paying a ton of money. So they have to be accommodated, but it just, it does frustrate her entire team at their company and stuff like this, right? Like I can see this tool being amazing for that. Let's talk a little bit more on the business side of it. How long have they been around? How big have they grown? Have you announced how much you guys have raised? What, what, what's, what are you allowed to talk about? 
Well, we're pretty open, frankly, for the most part. And I mean, I'm not going to talk about our tech stack and our IP and the secret sauce and all that. I'll talk a little bit about the company in terms of its, the business side. The what I actually should t- I, let me reel back and give you a little more of the business model because the business yeah, yeah, model, okay. the, the VR is super cool. I think of it as sizzle more than steak, even though there's huge value add there. There is huge value in it for the construction remodel, but our real value add for the customer, our real value proposition is that we remove friction from the home ownership experience, starting with construction, because it's a massive point of, of, of friction. So we do remodel, we do the VR, we do the design. We, we have, so our, our, our flagship product for construction is, is, is what we call the project, is the PDP, project development plan. We gotta let, stop letting engineers out and name our products, but we'll get there. <laughs> we got a bunch of acronyms. <laughs> But, but the the PDP essentially is a product where and service where we would do what we do for to create the VR, but essentially create 2D design, 3D design, culminating at an estimated cost, right, of all materials, supply, labor, and then culminating in a three a fully immersive VR model. We carry that through to handle permitting. We have processes and technology that streamline permitting. We have processes and technologies that streamline financing and actually have algorithms to help people make better decisions or, or to ideate on what is even financially feasible and what the projected value increase will be based on different decisions they'll make. Should I put in a half bath or a full bath in you know, this new, you know, the downstairs? Should I put in, what's the projected value increase in my home if I do one or the other? So we have algos that, and calculators that enable people to do that based on their credit history, their, well, their credit profile, their house value, projected house value, all that. And then tying into what kind of funding availability would I have? What would I have access to based on those combinations of things? So we're building calculators for that. We're building, so we're really trying to streamline that process. We have a homeowner dashboard that essentially allows people to A, undertake that process, B, figure out things like property potential, we customize financial report, as I said, to kind of figure out what their options are, projected value increases. Over time, obviously, we'll tie in, we're tying in things like IoT devices and such, so that you can truly manage your home from this dashboard. So why are we able to do that? As I was saying before, it's all about how, in part, it's about how we create that VR model. We have a home diagnostic report, which is really a home inspection on steroids. As, as our COO likes to say, you know, it makes the home inspection look like it was written in crayon because we bring in all kinds of tech. We do drone footage outside, LIDAR inside. We, do, we have special down to gutter scanning equipment to really get a full digital twin of the home. So including even topography of the landscape, views, everything, so that we're able to tell, hey, look, if you bought a carrier model 7300 AR in 2011, well, we know that in 2022, 2025, as it nears the end of its useful life, or it needs to be serviced, you're going to get a notice on your dashboard, perhaps an email saying, hey, it's time to have this service, it's time to have this replaced, click here to schedule someone to come out, it's click here to buy one, right? So really what we have is a marketplace in the form of a dashboard, and even in the form of some of this VR, but that's something I can't really talk about too much, because it's a little bit, it's proprietary, but, but the idea is that this is a very, that we're removing the friction from the homeowner experience, from end to end, from maintenance to financing to refinancing to construction, and that's really the idea. So, where do we start? And then, does it does it help me like 
picking contractors to do different parts? Like, are you helping me be my own general general contractor of my own home remodel or what, what happens next? So, okay. So when we deliver it, you can choose whichever contractor you want. However, right now it's, we are in, in San Diego for the most part and we have our own construction company. So we're actually doing construction. Okay. So we have our own construction arm. Over time, clearly we're, and we have a few projects in other places where we're engaging with trusted contractors. But we're really building out that network. That's the plan over over as we expand throughout California and nationally. The last thing, the other, there are two other key things about our business, and then we can kind of get into a more open discussion. One is we have half about half of our workforce in Tijuana, and not the workforce that people usually think is in is in sort of the border towns, right? It's it's really we're tr- we're building tech talent and attracting tech talent from around Latin America to TJ to really provide. We're talking architects, we're talking computer scientists to data scientists to build out this product, which gives us a tremendous cost advantage, obviously, over Silicon Valley. Uh, even and I would say a cost effective, obviously, relative to Silicon Valley. But then, okay, fine. Plenty of people have been sourcing. Uh, talent in Romania and Ukraine, but whatever, we won't talk about that right now, and India, what have you. But obviously, there's a huge geographic challenge there. So what we're really doing is near sourcing that talent. So our offices, our our headquarters office is in Chula Vista, San Diego, right? Yeah, I was going to say, with you guys being in Chula Vista, I think about one of my Navy SEAL buddies, I stay at his house in Chula Vista, and you can see Mexico. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, my, my, my place that I stay in when I'm out there is about, I could walk to Mexico. <laughs> it's that far south, right? So we're 20 minutes by a 20 minute drive from one office to the other. And so, and many of our, it's very fluid. Many of our uh, execs and our, our whole team is very fluid back and forth across the border. So it's, it's really, it's really quite, quite something. So there's a high level of integration. There's a high level of trust and visibility. And so and, and so it really results in a pretty cohesive team. So that gives us a, just a dramatic advantage without sacrificing all the things that you think you're sacrificing, even cultural, when you go across, across borders to try to sort of source cheaper resources yeah. and talent. I so- joke with my CEO that we're hiring, we're hiring white people for diversity. <laughs> that's awesome which is sort of true because <laughs> yeah, we're a very latin very latin team which i for me personally you know me because you know we're friends for years it's a yeah, bit well, like spanish skills are coming in handy for you yeah and it's a bit like coming home i mean i grew up in in you know in la and i grew up in a in in a in a look in a place where i'm 75 of my school was that it was latino yeah. so it's, it's really great to me i, I gotta tell you it, like i am wondering why are you building another house in like in the new york area like <laughs> the the surfing is better in san diego my friend <laughs> that is um, definitely true listen Okay, I know we're about up for time on part one here. Yeah, I think one of my, I think the question I'd like to leave with for part one is you are like one of the more, you're one of the most connected people I know. Every time we hang out or you, you know, I come stay at your place out there, you're always introducing me to more people. Like you have no shortage of opportunities. You're, you're constantly seeing what's going on in the entrepreneurial world. You have, you know, you have years of people begging, you know, CEOs begging you to help them raise money or do their legal paperwork so they can raise the money. What was it when you think about what these guys have built that you didn't see in all those tons of other people that I know you're constantly dealing with? What is it that you feel like a special that you're like, you know what, honey, 
I'm, I'm going to leave the law firm and just go and go do this full time. What, what was I, re- I watched this company from its basically birth. I formed this company and I've watched this CEO who he just has it. He has that thing. You know what I mean? And he's also a really good person that I, I just trust. As I said, going to the company events and things, it just feels a bit and going back to Southern California in this environment. It feels a bit like coming home. I will say this. A lot of people talk about the younger generations having entitlement issues and this and that, and people say all of that. Here you get the energy of the, that, and, and the sort of digital native benefits of this younger generation, but everybody is either still in TJ or first generation themselves. or So they have zero entitlement and they're just all hustle. They're super passionate about what they're doing. The, the tech is really fun, cool, and relatable. The capital efficiency of the business has been incredible. I mean, this company has raised about nine million and has and did thirty-four million in sales last year without and pulled back on the sales team for the last quarter because we were focused on ops. So you know, we've already booked that much revenue in the f- and it's only it's just barely into March now, and we've already booked the equivalent. We've already matched last year booked for this 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 year. So it's 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 just growing gangbusters. And then I'll tell you the other last piece is ADUs, which we haven't talked about, are what we what the CEO calls our books for Amazon, right? Which is essentially a mini house that you put in the back of your house to rent out. Yeah, well, additional dr- additional dr- additional dwelling unit. Right, exactly. So you know that's a huge piece of it because they're well hedged. We're well hedged because we've got exposure to the, we're the largest ADU developer in San Diego County. It's a perfect sandbox for us to iterate our product. Well, lo and behold, while we focused in on it because of that, we became the largest developer of, of ADUs in San Diego County. And I think we'll probably take over the state. I like that because it gives me comfort that, hey, even in a downturn, the California's affordable housing shortage is not going away in all likelihood anytime soon. So that gives us a nice hedge. No, anyway, no. a lot of things. There. Okay, let's do this. Let's let's end this for part one here. By the way, anybody wants to check it out, what's the best? What's the best place online? What's the website? Is it the, the website is go multitasker m u l t i t a s k r dot com. Skip skip the er at the end. It's just an r, right? Okay. Last thing, I, I'm actually super interested in what your answer would be. This. What's one of the best pieces of advice you ever received? Oof. From you or just in general? Because you've given me a lot of good advice. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> Narrow the skill. Sure. sure. Let's be let's let's get all self-focused here. What's one of the best <laughs> advice you got from me? <laughs> yeah, well, I think about this one a lot, actually. And I give this advice a lot secondhand and pretend it was my own. But is when making changes or when uh, dealing with challenges, you know, a lot of the time you think that everybody's focused on you, right? And how what are people gonna think about this? What are people gonna think about? You know, what I'm doing here, this decision, or you know, if this thing that I tried didn't work. And it is a piece of advice that you gave me, which I love, which is they're not really thinking about you. People are really busy thinking about themselves. And it's so liberating, actually, to just focus in on what you actually, what is actually right for you. I, I, I tell people that actually all the time, because I think we are. It reminds me of another quote. I, I want to say it was actually Christopher Walken who said it, but was if if people knew how quickly everyone, if people knew, realized how quickly people forget the dead, they wouldn't spend so much of their life trying to you know, worry about what they think. Yeah. 
I think, I don't know. I think it's helpful advice. I think that it's so, <laughs> I do say so myself. <laughs> well, I, I think about it for myself. I think about how easy it is for me to get wrapped up in the similar things. We, you know, we, you and I are both so people oriented, we love people. We want to connect with people, but also that can plague us of like, we can be overly concerned about what other people think and sometimes devalue our own opinion of ourselves over someone else's opinion of us. And that's just mm-hmm. not a path to happiness, right? No, absolutely. It's, it's uh, well, it's again, it's what my mom had once said to me, she said, you know, worrying about what everybody else thinks is a surefire way to achieve nothing and end up miserable. Yeah, it's tough, right? I, I, I'm thinking about this well, I, I, it, it leads me to another question. We're, we're, we're going to keep going here for, for five more minutes. When you think about, when you think about what you've achieved, right. And you think about the, you know, the billionaires you've worked with and the just tens and tens of millions of dollars that you have helped change hands and sometimes change countries, right. It is, it's hundreds. It, well, it's hundreds of millions really. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember our very first introduction, this has to be, I don't know, the first time we got together in Calgary, we met at that oil conference in New York. And like the very first meeting you put me together with was like one of the largest, one of the largest insurance companies in the world about you, fl- you got them to fly up to Calgary from New York to talk about putting millions and millions of dollars into the project. Right. And that's just not as common of a skill set, let alone common of a skill set for a lawyer, my friend. Right. <laughs> you know, when you think about when you think about what you've done differently that has let you straddle the worlds of entrepreneurship, lawyer, investment banking, really at a level that you don't like, you don't often see people able to be an entrepreneur themselves and be a lawyer and be an investment banker and being able to move between those worlds. What do you, what do you attribute your success to? Well, it's interesting. It's in a sense to me to even hear it that way, because it's really a path of inquiry for me and a path of learning. It comes back to... Well, first of all, it's curiosity. Number one, that that's number one. But there's a, there's a and a sort of focus on and a passion about what really makes things work. You know, my first company I ever worked for before law school in Silicon Valley. We were, you know, I was the 12th employee of a SoftBank backed startup. That whole thing, and I was 22, 23 at the time we sold, and I built a customer support department. And I always felt like like the, the important decisions were happening behind cold, closed doors, right? With with everybody's the CEO, the general counsel, the you know, CFO, they were always going off, and, and the heads, the senior leaders of the, of the of the company. Even though I have my own department, but I always wanted to be there, right? I wanted to be in those rooms, and I always felt like, well, why am I not there? Well, notwithstanding the fact that, well, the answer should be obvious now, dude. You're 23 years old. You don't even you should be thrilled to be running your own department. What are you even talking about? <laughs> But I guess I have my own sense of entitlement. But I, you know, I I was really ambitious to be in those conversations and learning what they were really about. So, and then also that product was a scaled down ERP system, so resource planning system for small businesses, which now there are innumerable versions of. Back then, you know, it was actually pretty incredible that we had integrated payroll, integrated benefits in '99. So. And, and I don't take credit for that. I was just a kid that showed up when when there was negative unemployment. So they would let me <laughs> come in and do anything. But I always viewed that as a roadmap for running a business. You know, you don't start a business because you're you love doing accounting and payroll, generally speaking. You do it because you're a great chef, you enjoy cooking, you're a great mechanic, you're a whatever, you're a technologist. And those are the things that kill you, right? So I always wanted, I was really driven to understand those and follow those. 
And I just love new ideas. I love helping people to be successful. It's super exciting to me. And whether that comes in the form of helping them raise money, providing strategic advice, legal advice, what have you, I guess that's the real key. And I don't think it would surprise you that I guess the answer is to your question is really trust and curiosity. I think people trust me and I keep answering the call. You know, I'm not surprised to hear you say that because I'm sitting here answering my own question. What do I think it is? You know, and I, I feel like in all these years, you know, all the great work you've done for us at Child Rescue, by the way, thank you for the introductions and the help at the charity. But I think about your superpowers and I would say it's a few things. I think curiosity is absolutely one. You are so genuinely curious. And again, it goes back to most everyone is so worried about themselves and everyone wants to talk about themselves and their ideas so much that coming across someone who is genuinely interested in what you want to do and wants to learn all about it and your enthusiasm, your enthusiasm is contagious. You don't only want to know what people are doing. You're excited about it and you're constantly complimenting people. When you learn something new, you're telling them what you think is great about that. People love that. That's incredibly magnetic. No, no wonder people want you around. And the other thing I would say is, for me, I think it's, you know, curiosity, that that enthusiasm that makes you magnetic. You obviously seek a level of mastery, like you, you pursue things, you don't, you're not just surface level, like you get all the way in on stuff. But I think my last one, your generosity. So many people are hoarding their personal contacts and they're like, oh, what if I need to call in a favor? I can't use that up on you. And your willingness to make introductions for people, your willingness to be helpful to them in a non-transactional way, I think that's another one of your superpowers is you help people even when they're not paying you. And so then they want you around and then they're more than happy to pay you. And anyways, those are my observations. Well, I appreciate it. And if, I would say a mutual friend of ours, although I know you're, you're closer, but you know who I'm going to say, who's the master of that, who? Lindsay Hathley, right? <laughs> She's like, that. talk about a superpower. Uh, you know, that has definitely, uh, watching her progress definitely encourages me and, and the people, you know, and yourself, frankly, but I, I think it's important to go first. I really do. I think I've been in the Wall Street world. I've, I've seen what happens when people hoard contacts that it just doesn't quite go where they, they become less valuable and you have fewer of them. You have to have an abundance. It's, a, it's an abundance mentality, right? You have to have that abundance mentality and not a total scarcity mentality. And look, some people are not going to reciprocate. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I feel like it is. And, and may, this is a great place to end. I feel like what that is, is it's the courage. You have the guts to go first, even when reciprocation is not guaranteed. And you have the generosity to go first of you're like, you're willing to go out. You're willing to make the introduction. And I, I feel like there's like, you're like all the rest of us. You hope there'll be reciprocation at some point, but it's mm -hmm. not a transaction for you. You're willing to just help even if they don't return the favor. And I know you get burned on that because anyone who does this gets burned on that sometimes. But I just see like the net, like the portion of times you get burned versus the portion of goodwill breeds goodwill. You know, like your your helpfulness invites the helpfulness out of them. I'm, I'm sure that like, I know that that like, that it's like almost like instead of return on investment, it's like return on courage, return on the guts to go first when you don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, yeah I, I would say the last thing I'll say on that is you still have to balance it against respecting the other person's time. You have to really see that there's a benefit to the two of them meeting because yeah, 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 I, don't yeah. Want to, I don't want to introduce somebody who's not going to prepare, somebody who doesn't really make sense, who's just asking me, hey, I know you know this person. Can yeah, you no. introduce me? That's different than I see it. And I'm like, you know what? Here's somebody you should meet because you two should like I, I spoke with a guy with a with a friend who or a colleague who is just started a significant you know, a really I think 
think it's going to be very successful, a bank uh, and fintech, banking and fintech fund. He's wildly connected. But I, I had another friend that I was like, well, I know you need to meet this guy. He's very much in the banking sector and he's, a, he's an incredible guy. You guys need to meet. Okay, put them together. Nobody asked me to do it, but it was like, it just made sense. And so, and I know neither of them are going to waste each other's time. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Hey, thanks for doing this. And uh, congratulations for, for what you guys are getting done at Multitasker. It's, it sounds like you're on a rocket ship there. It, it feels like a rocket ship. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening.